Welcome to this week's episode of the Cover Zero podcast. This is our week three recap show. I'm your host, Jordan, tonight, joined by Jay. How you doing, bro? I ain't doing good. I got to man. I got to I I check in on my guys. I ain't doing good, bro. Just like every other Raider fan out there, man. Definitely not doing good. Hey, it is what it is. That's the that's the football. That's the National Football League for you. You never know. You never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen, man. You know, it may look one way in the offseason and look totally different once the week, you know, once the game start kicking off. So, yeah, I've had better days. Let's just say that. Our other guest this evening, none other than himself, Mr. Henry. How you doing tonight, bro? Doing well. Better than last week. Uh, yeah, doing very, very well. It was a week in which some teams were able to define more of who they are in good ways and in positive ways, as usually week three and four start to set the stage that way. We're going to start it off, though, with one team in the AFC West that got a much-needed, ugly win. Defensive battle, I guess I would say, more than an ugly win in this particular case, as we are just on the conclusion of the Sunday night game between the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Denver pulls this one out 10-11. to One-point win. Such an odd score and really a defensive battle back and forth. Jimmy G with just blunders. There was a lot of defensive plays on both sides of the ball. Henry, I'll start it off with you. Do you think that Denver showed you anything tonight that's going to have you framing them as a different team going forward for the rest of the season? Absolutely not. Let's just be honest. The the, the Russell Wilson signing hasn't been up to par as what everybody envisioned it to be. He has been playing very mediocre. I know the same thing with, with Jerry Jude. A lot of people had high hopes for him. Great, great route runner. But the route runner don't mean shit if you can't catch the football. So. Mm-hmm. This this Denver offense, what because everybody kept saying, oh, all they need is a quarterback. All they need is a quarterback. They got the running backs. They got the wide receivers. They got the tight ends. They got the, the left tackle. They got all this. All they need is a quarterback. When they finally got their quarterback, and through week through three weeks of this season, mediocre at best. He hasn't been living up to it at all. They just gave him a brand new contract. Hasn't been living up to it at all. Unless there, there's some dramatic changes that happen going forward. I don't see no difference in this this Broncos team. The head coach has been atrocious too. I don't like what I've been seeing out of Nathaniel Hackett at all from over there. So going forward to answer your question, no, I, I, this game didn't show me anything. That, that could be a team to worry about in the AFC. That, that I, I don't say that at all about the Denver Broncos. Off of another showing on the national stage, this time where the offense, though they were 6 of 19 on third downs, which isn't anything to jump up and down about. But even looking worse, this team tonight was 3.7 average yards per play on the night granted the the san francisco 49er defense is a tough one to go against jay i'll swing this to you looking at mainly just on the Niners side of the ball no trey lance jimmy g was in there what was your overall take at least on the niners on the niners outlook in a battle that just went all the way down to the end i mean you know jimmy g is who you know we we (laughs) we thought he was man you know i mean it's it's just clear as day bro he's just he's not it and it really sucks for them that they don't have Trey Lance, because when I look at this team, man, I look at I look at a team that has the talent. They have the talent. They have the coaching. You know, uh, they you know they're they're able to run the ball. You always want a really good, well balanced team, and I feel like this team since Kyle's been there really has just been a really run team. That's what you know them by. They're not really a passing team like that. But I feel like if they had a, an accurate passer, somebody that is really consistent. You know, um, and that's what they drafted Trey Lance for to develop him and to be that. Then this team would be a they would be a lot better. You know, they would be a lot better. They would they would already have a Super Bowl by now. You know, um, Jimmy G is the issue here. I know the O-line was – don't now, granted, Denver's, you know, defense played great. 
You know, I don't think we, I don't think nobody in the AFC, no fans, no in the media, you know, I know a lot of people was raving about the offense, but I don't think nobody ever thought Denver didn't have a good defense or anything like that. That defense played lights out. They played really, really well, you know, mm-hmm. they were getting to Jimmy G and they was just destroying that, that, that offensive line as far as in, in, in the passing game, you know, and I know it did, it flustered, you know, it, it, you know, Jimmy G and he wasn't able to really keep his feet in the pocket and things like that. But we've seen that even when he had time, you know, especially he, once Trent Williams went out. Yeah. It got even, it got worse. It got scary mm-hmm. at that point, you know, so you lose the best tackle in the, in the NFL period, mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, yeah, that was a big loss. So w- what I see is I see basically what, what we've been seeing, man, a, a really good defensive team, a team that could run the ball, but a team that just really need, you know, a better QB and, and hopefully, you know, it's unfortunate for them with Trey Lance. Hopefully, you know, he he gets back next year and, you know, his confidence is there and, and he continues his development so they can keep moving forward, you know, and bring that that uh, fan base a championship. But right now it's it's QB play. It's, it's not there. Mm-hmm. QB play just doesn't deliver much of any points to be able to account for. Not only that, this man ran out of the back of the end zone untouched and Ooh. gave Denver that two-point difference in the one-point victory. I mean. <laughs> The jokes almost write themselves. It's just yeah. it's it's it was cool to basically see some some defenses still having some good plays, as you guys are both mentioning, but just some ineptness on both sides on both offensive sides of the ball, really just unable to move it. And it was almost just like which one was gonna break at which point or right. which quarterback was gonna make the least amount of mistakes compared to his counterpart is what right. we saw tonight. Right. And I mean, I think we have a better run team from like a head coaching standpoint on the Niners side of the ball. The Broncos, I mean, they obviously barely squeaked this one out, a one-point win with the safety in hand to be able to account for that. But there still needs to be a lot of things to be retooled on that Denver sideline as they sit here at 2-1. and one. Speaking of things that also need to be retooled, we're going to now move into our What's Going On segment of the week where we got a lot of questions to ask certain teams, players, basically just anything on a Sunday that really, really left you confused and dumbfounded. Hello, Cover Zero. This is the NFL Exec Office. How can I help you today? What is going on? Henry, we're going to start with you tonight for our What's Going On. Who do you have? Mine's the Los Angeles Chargers, man. What is going on? Y'all got blown out by the Jaguars at home. And it's funny because there's a report coming out, so I guess there's some some uh, people are not liking the message that Brandon Staley is going over there in the locker room. And when you have a loss like this to a team that you're you're supposed to beat, and not just you lose, you lose bad too. Yeah, some big question marks over there. Everybody kept talking about that defense. I know they had some injuries that happened during the game, but, but that's that's part of it. You know, you that's expected. Just like Josiah you always preach, injuries are a part of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. You, you got to know it's, it's expected every single week. It's going to happen. You just don't know where it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And for them to just get blown out like that. By the Jaguars, a team that people probably think they go to finish maybe third or fourth in, in, in their division over there. For y'all to get blown out like that, uh, to me, it, it, it speaks values. Uh, I know Justin Herbert had the little; he was questionable um, before the before the game, and, and about his ribs, the rib injury and whatnot. He still played, only threw fifty five percent, fifty five percent completion percentage today. Mm-hmm. So, so for him, for for the Chargers and them to get blown out like that. And it's so funny because last year everybody was raving about Brandon Staley, how he, you know, the fourth downs and all that other stuff. To me, he 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 hasn't proven nothing. 
going going so far this season, and even last season when losing to to you guys to get to the playoffs. I think it's a lot of big question marks over there, and it's funny because man, people had high expectations for this team. I know some people had them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So had them to the Super Bowl and Justin Herbert as an MVP favorite. MVP, exactly. So for them to get blown out like by the Jaguars, and big up to them, Doug Peterson got them over there playing hard. A salute over there. Yeah, my definitely is going to be the Chargers and what the hell's going on over there because high expectations uh, throughout the offseason. You guys make the big trade for for Khalil Mack. You had the big signing with J.C. Jackson. You guys did all these things because you have Justin Herbert on that rookie contract. And it just seems like you guys aren't – none of the – the, the the plans that you guys had going into into this season is going to come to fruition because it just seemed like they just can't come up to the standard of what they think they can be this uh this upcoming season. So yeah, mine's the Chargers. Chargers dropping one thirty eight to ten at home, only mustering three points in the entire the entire second half, and just one touchdown that occurred in the second quarter and shut out in the first quarter. Very impressive game, but uh yeah, there's this team had a lot of expectations and they definitely are hitting those in the head right now. Swing it to you, Josiah, to stay in the neighborhood of what's going on. What are you looking at that was just absolutely inexcusable this weekend, or what really just shocked you today on this Sunday of uh, week three? I'm going to go in a similar direction, but I'm going to say the whole AFC West. What is going on? Man, I mean, I, I just feel like the whole division is really just, you know, uh, <laughs> shout out Dill. He's, he's, a, he's a you know steady listener on the pod on SSAW, but he said that the uh, AFC West was, um, you know, they were, they were frauds and I got to agree 1000, bro. I mean, because obviously as a Raider fan, you, you know, what we're, you know, we're not bringing nothing to the table and we got, you know, we're one of the most talented teams, not just in the division, but in, in the league, you know, and we're all in three, the only all in three team in the league. And then you look at the Chargers, like Henry brought up, man. I mean, you know, what was, what's going on with them? You know what I'm saying? They, they was one of those teams where people felt like, like Henry said, like, supposed to not only get to the playoffs, but some people had them going to the Super Bowl and, and then Justin Herbert possibly winning MVP, you know, and today the showing that they put on that field to me is just, that's unacceptable. If I'm a Charger fan, I'm pissed off. I don't care how good Doug Peterson is. There's no way that you think that that team is that much better than the Chargers, period. I mean, uh, Chargers is another team that, matter of fact, not just, and this is why people pick them to go to the Super Bowl because some people think they are the most talented team in the whole league. Like, not just one of the teams. They are the most talented team, you know, from, from O-line to defense to, you know, everything. But Brandon Staley, I agree with Henry 1,000, man. He's not somebody who I really trust. I didn't trust him last year, you know. Um, and he's it's kind of like, you know, and I, I've, obviously I've never been in the locker room with him, you know, so I don't know how what he preaches to his players. But it almost seemed like it's, it's his way or, or you know, the, the, the highway type deal. And I thought I actually thought he was getting a little bit better. There was some fourth downs that I thought he could have went for with us, or he was going to go for it with us, and he didn't. And I thought week two it was kind of similar, you know. But now we're back to this, and not just the fourth downs, just the decision making and what he's saying to his locker room, to uh, to his players in the locker room. That's questionable. And then the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I'm not really, you know, really concerned all that much with. But one thing that really stood out to me was Patrick Mahomes getting into it with Eric Bieniemy. That that right there, and, and obviously being you know the best, one of the best or top two QBs in the league, you know, and and you're arguing with an offensive coordinator who you know, and I don't blame Patrick. I I, I you know I almost want to blame Eric Bieniemy because you know Patrick is the guy there, 
and Eric is already, you know, we're already questioning if that's that's what the thing is that that people are saying. Maybe he's not really a good players coach. Yeah, yeah, and, and trying to head coaching job yet. Took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. You know, I think you know because a lot of people were saying, "Where why is he not getting a head coaching job? Why is he not getting?" Some people were saying, "Well, he didn't interview well, or this or that, or." And I kind of started to believe it because it was like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. what what's what's really going on? You know, um, it just didn't make sense to me. And here you and here we see that, you know, and that that just wasn't a good look. And then I also heard too, this is the thing that I really, really thought at the point where, okay, this is why he don't got a head coaching gig is because he's he's actually not the one really calling the plays over there, you know. So that 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 is the thing too. So it's just, you know, it's things like that. I I, I do question, you know, what's going on with the. Hopefully, you know, they they'll, they'll probably be fine next week. But I've never seen Patrick Mahomes get into it with probably yeah. nobody. Mm-hmm. No player, no rivalry player, n- none of that, you know. So for him to get into it with somebody that's already a question in general, you know, as a coach, you know, I, I think it says more about Eric than it does Patrick. Patrick is the guy. He makes that offense go, period, you know. Um, so, yeah, my what's going on is really the whole AFC West right now. It's funny that. Yeah, that uh, my fault, my fault. How, how, how can I forget? Denver, you know, <laughs> how can I forget about Denver? You know, uh, Henry brought up a good point about them when we was talking about the recap. You know, uh, Russell Wilson just hasn't been, you know, what they paid for. You know, the 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 whole uh, what hundred and fifty some two million guaranteed. He just hasn't lived up to that at all. You know, the defense is is been really solid over there. We expected that, but the offense just been a real big disappointment. Daniel Hackett, I'm not surprised by that. I think everybody, I, I think Denver fans know by now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of Jay. I'm sorry, bro. I'm tired of him. <laughs> you having him hot, man. But, I mean, it's just it's just what it is. That's how I looked at it. He didn't have the experience. And I think what really triggered it for me was how everybody picked them to go to the – because they picked them, too, to go to the Super Bowl. Went, go to the playoffs, win the division, possibly go to the Super Bowl and all that. We had yeah. – one Raider fan that was just, you know, a guest on the show that was that was believing that, believing that hype. And that's what really triggered it for me. Like, okay, you go out and take the risk, you know, and they probably thought they were going to bring Aaron Rodgers. I think that was like one of the, you know, and that was a letdown. You bring in Russ, who I still like. I, 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 you know, he's not the – he don't seem like the same, but it's still early. But it's just everything else, the, the potential of the wide receivers. I don't know one of you guys brought it up. Oh, Henry, you did. I mean, he runs great routes. Jerry yeah, Judy, yeah. but he's not catching the ball. And that was a problem that he had since he's been in the league, bro. He, he's, he's had drops. He's had drops. You know, so uh, Cameron uh, Sutton balled out. He did his thing, you know. But, yeah, they just have a lot of potential over there. And a the head coach that, you know, is just still trying to work things out. And just that offense is not there. And then the offensive line didn't look good at all. I, you know, they were supposed to improve on that. Garrett Bowl, can't pronounce his last name. He was getting killed. You know, uh, and then he was kind of reverting back. It's, I think he – because they had a couple penalties on that offensive line. I want to mm-hmm. say – Bowles, he, he's been one of the guys that previously, like, I think prior to 2020 and 2019, was, like, leading the league in holding calls. Yeah, it was Gar- – Garrett was. And then he got mm-hmm. better. I think. And he got better in 2019 – in 2020 when holding was at an all-time low throughout, like, the entire league. And then in 2021, <laughs> it shot back up. <laughs> right, 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 man. So, you know, it just – they they just regressed on that offensive line, too. But granted, again, the Niners defense is really good. We get it. One of the better D lines in the league. So, but yeah, it's just you know. So the whole AFC West. They, they it's it's funny that Henry, within your what's going on, you wanted to ask the Chargers a question. Jay, you encompass the whole division, and I'm going to put the kibosh on it by specifically also isolating another team from this division. No, it's not my Raiders. 
It's Kansas City Chiefs today. What is going on? Because not just simply that they lost by three to the Colts, it's how they lost and just what a win today would have meant for them with what else occurred in the NFL, right? Miami being able to take out Buffalo. Buffalo is likely the team that I think the Chiefs know they're going to have to go through one way or another throughout this AFC postseason. And if it comes down to a game in Arrowhead or a game over there in Buffalo, that could be a huge difference when we get to that point in the season. So today, they go to Indianapolis to play against the Colts, who have been very, very underperforming very much this year after a completely shut-out loss to the Jaguars and a tie to the Texans. This team wasn't looking like much. And yet and still, they pull out a win today. But if you consider the fact that, like, this Chiefs team has always had success, it seems, against Gus Bradley, just like last year. He, there was not anything he was doing to be able to eliminate this Chiefs offense or slow them down to any type of capacity. Special team overall for the Chiefs, I would say, gets the blame today, probably, because, but the offense, I guess I would say, they didn't really help them out. They were three of 10 on third down. And a lot of the talk for what an Andy Reid offense needs to be especially since the Chiefs have been presented with a lot of two high coverages. That kind of seems to be the mold that you want to attack them. The counter to that is just, okay, let's run the ball. Today, the running game was just absolutely atrocious. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. 23 rush attempts for 58 yards, only two and a half yards per carry on the ground. Here's another 2020 pick that we were talking about. Jerry Judy not living up to it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the first running back that was taken off the board. Today, this man had seven carries for zero yards and a touchdown. <laughs> like just it's just such an odd way how this works out without Patrick Mahomes 10 yard run today this team had one run that went five yards or went, went more than five yards yeah. on 23 different attempts to do so it's just that's it just can't be that you can't have this type of game when you're in a position to be able to put a chokehold on this not, not a chokehold I wouldn't say that but like take a firm position at the top of the division when the rest of it is crumbling around you and with 1050 left in the fourth it was the Colts ball Kansas City 31 and they were up 17 to 13. And Frank Reich decides he's going to go for it. He gave a fullback dive to Jonathan Taylor. They have both the running backs on the field at the same time. And Casey stuffed him. Then they get the ball back. And from they get into the red zone, and Mahomes throws the ball to Kelsey, sees him singled up on Bobby Okariki, and Kelsey just drops it straight in the end zone. Just drops it. Like you never see Travis Kelsey do that. So they're like, all right, let's settle for a field goal. We'll push this to, we'll push this, you know, to 20 to 13. They missed the field goal after already missing an extra point. It's just like these things start to topple on top of each other. Yeah. And when this type of thing happens, this is where like the games that you can easily win when they don't have to put the extra sauce on it and do the incredibly tough plays that Mahomes has committed so many times. And these are the type of games you drop. Yeah, I got to ask what's going on. I really do. They fall to two and one. Nonetheless, the AFC West, the team that a lot of people had so much hypes for, right. not looking too sharp at the moment at all. But to end on a high note, we will now move into our ICU segment where we want to talk about the positives. We want to talk about what really caught our attention, who really was just absolutely lights out in the most impressive performance of the Sunday. What's up, player? I see you. Henry, for week three, who gets your ICU? My ICU is going to go to, I'm going to give it to Jalen Hurts, man. What's up, player? I see you. He's over there doing his thing real solid over there with the Eagles. They're, you know, they, well, let, let me say this. Let me give a shout out to Harry Roseman, their GM. He has, he was on a tear this yeah. offseason and he surrounded Jalen Hurts with more weapons. He gave him Devontae Smith last year, uh, then the, uh, the previous year, and then this past offseason, got him AJ Brown. So I just love what he has done 
over there. So, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, man, he's doing his thing. There's a lot of criticism over there about him saying, I wonder if he's going to be the guy and all that. And he has definitely uh, proven it so far. I, I, I like what he's done. He, he's throwing the ball pretty accurate. Mine's going to be Jalen Hurts. They, uh, they surround him with weapons. And he's utilizing all those weapons to his extent and uh, making him look good over there. Devontae Smith had a great catch with, with two over two defenders over there. On um over there over on, on the commanders, so yeah, mine's gonna be Jalen Hurts, and I know a lot of people are saying he hasn't really played no solid defense, which is true. So in the coming weeks, we're gonna see some more. Is it you know is he for real or whatnot? But so far through three weeks against the Lions, Vikings, and Commanders, he's do, been doing his thing. Mm-hmm, he has, and Roseman's a great one to bring up because yes, Devontae Smith was someone he needed. I think then any team in the NFL would have traded around away a first round pick to get A.J. Brown knowing if they could at his age and his level, of, his level of play. But then also on the defensive side of the ball, they added James Bradbury and C.J. Gardner-Johnson right. to, an, to an area that needed help. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy, too, because so far they signed a, set, a sixth overall pick because of the Saints uh, draft pick. Mm-hmm. They can get even stronger this, this uh, coming up offseason, too. Very much good. Offensive line is still money. They got a, like a platoon of backs that you know are just getting the job done. Especially with his ability to his ability to be to be able to infect the the run as well with his legs, but yeah, that's a good one today. Jalen Hurts, twenty two of thirty five for three hundred and forty yards, three touchdowns, no interception. Really impressive day for him as well. Jay, who is your ICU for week three? So yeah, man, I'm gonna have to agree. I, well, I got two. I got two. I'm a I'm a I'm a piggyback on what Henry's saying with the Eagles. I'm gonna start with them, and then I'll say my second one. Uh, I the whole just the Eagles in general, the whole organization. Jalen Hurts definitely got to start with him. What's up, player? I see you. We've said a lot about Jalen Hurts. We just didn't think, you know, that good of a pass. I don't think a lot, not just us, actually. It was a whole bunch of people that really felt like he needed to improve. I think it was just really Eagle fans that thought like, you know, something <laughs> different. But, I mean, yeah. you know, he has really turned the corner, man. And and like um like you, like you guys said, I mean, the GM over at Howard, he's really, he's put together a really good, you know, team around him, a really good roster around him, man. And they're actually, you know, it's, it's gelling. The chemistry is working. Everything is is just, you know, it's going the way it should be. And another person I want to shout out, and me and, um, you know, uh, Corday, shout out Corday, you know, he talked about it, is uh, the, their offensive coordinator over there. He's the one calling plays, uh, Shane. He's the one over there calling plays. And I think that's really been a big difference. I, I like Nick Seriani over there. I, I think he's, I thought that was a good hire. Just of seeing his development with other QBs, you know, I thought that that was something that was a smart move by them. Obviously, them just dra- drafting Jalen Hurts around that time, just having him. So I, I thought that was smart. But he gave up the play call, and I just feel like the play calls money, man. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and Jalen Hurts, he's he's comfortable. He's he's you know he's really really comfortable behind the pocket, man. So. You, you got to love what they're doing. So that's my first one right there. Just the whole organization, offense coordinator, and obviously Jalen Hurts. And then my other one is the Jaguars, bro. What's up, player? I see you. Got to go with the Jaguars. I I, I did not think I, – I just didn't think that this team had the, the possibility of really winning the AFC South. I know it's early. I get it. You know, Jordan, we <laughs> I got the Titans. You got the Colts. Neither one of those teams look good at all. The Jaguars look the best through these three weeks. Yeah, oh no, for three, three weeks, yeah, for sure. Three weeks, just three weeks. It's early, still early, obviously. There's still a lot of football to be played, but they do have a, a, a you know experienced head coach, and you know he's got that team really believing. He's got that team playing, man. You look at what Trevor Lawrence has been doing today. He had a really good game against a defense that, yeah, maybe had a couple injuries here and there, but they still have a solid defense back there, and he was 
he was able really to take what the defense was really giving him, man. I mean, they ran the ball at will. They, I mean, uh, Travis had – or Robinson, he had 100 yards, you know, 17 rush. He's averaged almost six yards per carry, you know, and had a touchdown. And a 50-yarder today. Yeah, that, yeah, the 50-yarder just really gassed that. He was untouched. And that's what you want to see because, you know, we always talk about oh, the Chargers, they can't, they can't stop the run, run the ball, run the ball. Run. You know, especially if you're in the AFC West, you hear it more than anything else, you know. So when we get the plan or anything gets the plan, that's what you that's what you want, you know, your team to do. But it don't, it don't always work that way. And with the Jaguars, it, it worked to perfection today. They ran the ball really, really well. And Trevor Lawrence was able to, to just give – to just take what the defense was giving him, you know, able to dump off the passes. He was making a lot of short, immediate, accurate throws, you know. And mm-hmm. and you and you don't really want to – I mean, last year I, he didn't play that well, but you can't blame it all on him. Obviously, they had a, you know, a dumpster fire with Urban Meyer last year. So you, you got to put at least a lot – at least 70 60%, you know, on why mm-hmm. that team didn't look good at all on neither side of the ball. You know, now they have somebody back there who I think is a good head coach, a really good head coach, and now this team is playing just really, really well across the board. Even the defense, by the way, too. I mean, they was getting after Justin Herbert. They was they was getting after him, man, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that my second one would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, that's a good one. They've been putting up a lot of points and just two very impressive wins, mostly just with how they've done it, too, to where it's not like, oh, a bounce of the ball this way, it's a bounce of the ball that way. No, these are convincing W's like, like CJ Beathard getting time in there, like as the backup, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, cause it's the games are, the games are out of reach. You know, they can rest Trevor Lawrence at the end of the game. It feels like he's back at Clemson, you know? So yeah, real impressive to see over there. My, I see you this week. Uh, I had asked Henry before the show, I was like, Hey, you want to take this one? Cause this man is most definitely deserving. It's Lamar Jackson. What's up player. I see you. And the guy today just was every single part of that Ravens offense, except for literally one run where Justice Hill ripped off like a 34-yarder. But apart from that, every single thing this offense did was because of Lamar Jackson. 18 of 29, 218 through the air with four touchdowns. Eight carries, also another 110 on the ground, and another touchdown. There was, there was a play in the first quarter. I want to say it was the first third down that they faced where the Patriots were showing a five-man pressure look. And they were all like lined up along the line of scrimmage. And I'm pretty sure based on just how the pressure ended up unfolding, I would bet that Bill Belichick knew he was going to catch the Ravens in a 3-2 slide. So the right side of the line shifts to the right. The left side of the line goes to the left. The right side linemen end up basically, the, the way the pressure unfolded is that they wasted those linemen. Those linemen are blocking nobody. Those, those people on the line of scrimmage dropped out and they sent three to the two-man side. Josh Uche got a free rush just coming right up the middle. And then Morgan Moses got absolutely just lifted off of his feet by Matt Judon on the same play at the same time. But when you have Lamar back there, like even though Bill Belichick drew it up right and the players just executed it perfectly, Lamar's just better. He just sidesteps one, gets north, runs for a first down. It's just so frustrating that when you are exactly right, he makes you wrong. And he did that today just on so many different accounts. I mean, it was cool to see his command of the game. It was cool to see him like they had a play where it was like he is under center. He makes sure that he gets the he gets everyone to the line. He gets the ball off. He fakes a smoke route. He then drops to a play action fake. He resets his feet after turning his back to the defense, looks downfield, eliminates one read, eliminates the second and throws a short crosser. Like these are things that we highlight like game managers for doing 
and that some people who don't really watch Lamar may try to act like aren't like in his arsenal or possible right. for him. Right. And today it was all on display. Yeah. And the and the amazing runs and the dynamic stuff that just few dudes in the league can do. I mean, it was just it was very impressive. It was very very impressive to see. I mean, converting second and fourteens with zone reads, recognize your pressuring look, pressure looks, and giving his playmaker chances in one on ones. Lamar today became the first player in league history to throw three touchdowns and rush for a hundred yards in consecutive games. After one week earlier, even though they lost, he was the first player with three hundred passing yards, a pass TD, and a hundred rushing yards and a rushing TD in the single game. I mean, the guy right now has almost as good of a case for MVP just through a short three weeks as probably anybody does with the Ravens sitting at two and one and what he's just meant to the success of this team at this juncture in the season. So really going to keep my eye on this offense. And as hopefully JK Dobbins can get back into the fold, he can continue to establish some rapport with the receivers that he has Devin Duvernay into the end zone yet again. It's, it's looking, he's, he's doing a lot over there and to think, this is where we're at, and this is what we're saying about him, and the man didn't even get the contract in the offseason. Still pissing me off. That's still pissing me off. But that, that's got him playing. I mean, that mm-hmm. – Oh, he's just right, right on himself. He's right on himself. Yeah. He was yeah. like, all right, we ain't going to talk about it when the season starts, and I'm going to just go ball. Don't worry yeah. about it. No, no, no. <laughs> I love, love to it. see it. You got Yeah, you got to love it. Got to love it. Because mm-hmm. he don't have an agent, right? Isn't he – He's his uh, – representing himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, representing himself. Him and his mom is his agent. Oh, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, man. Cause you know he gonna get his. They got to man. The whole team is built around him. I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's getting his bread, man. I don't think Raven fan. I don't think no Raven fan is worried about. It. I don't think they was worried even before the season started. I, I mean, they they definitely was gonna resign. It's gonna come for sure. And we have more football ahead. Uh, Henry, I'll swing it to you. Any closing thoughts? Week three. Uh, as you look ahead to week four, I, I know the Monday night game. Dallas Cowboy fans, if you're listening, come on. We all we all know what that game is. Let's let's just get that over with this <laughs> week. They always have a Cowboys and Giants in a prime time game. It should not be like like in the afternoon windows. They should have put that there, and we yeah. should have got like Bucks and Packers prime time or something like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Jay, any closing thoughts? Just win next week. <laughs> just win next week because I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> they they better win. I tell you that because I'm definitely gonna. I'm gonna be on one. They, they bet, man. I'm telling you, we play. We, we play Denver. Oh. You know the team I hate the most. So I'm Me gonna, too, I'm man. There, I'm talking. I'm talking about man. Look. Anyway, yeah, that'd be yeah. my closing statement right there, man. They, they got to get one. They got to get it next week. I, I couldn't have said a better one myself, man. Not just win, baby. Just win next week. <laughs> most definitely. Thanks for listening to the Cover Zero podcast. We will be back with our usual Thursday release. For our week four preview show, fantasy chase, games of the week, and an underdog segment that we're looking to unveil. It's going to be really dope. Keep it locked here with the SSAW Network. And y'all take care.